Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers. 99.9 KISW. 99.9 KISW Loud and Local here uh, on Sunday nights. And I'm really super stoked to have Sandrider in studio. They're celebrating the release of their third full-length LP on Good to Die Records this coming Friday, July 20th. Sandrider in studio. We got John, Nat, and Jesse. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Great to be here. Hell yeah. It's awesome to have you guys. Uh, it's the first time I've had you guys here on Loud and Local. Uh, you were here with Jolene in the past. Was that for the release of your last record? Yeah. Which um, uh, The Kinski split maybe was the last time we were here. Wasn't it Godhead? Godhead was maybe. Godhead? I don't know. This is our third time here. I don't nice. remember what the context was previously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I missed one of those times. I think you did. Yeah. Yeah. I remember playing with a puppet. <laughs> some sort of mannequin <laughs> puppet Pretty thing. Sure I was there for that one. Yeah. I had a lot of hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back into the studio. Uh, the new album, Armada. How long has this been a work in progress? Like, uh, it's, it's kind of uh, highly anticipated, I'd say, around these parts. It's an epic tome. <laughs> yeah. It's, yes. Uh, been finished for a while we were, yeah we recorded it like a, a year and a half ago or so i've uh, been working on it for a while up to that point and then um and then life just life tends to happen in this band we have uh kids and then we have more kids and then jesse so, so gets dogs and uh yeah well you're just welcoming them in, into the Sandrider party right yeah i think um i think both of our kids were at Sandrider shows in the womb yes yeah for the Godhead release show. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you think they're going to show up to the Armada show? Or are they too cool at this point? Uh, my oldest will come to the um, Easy Street show next oh, Saturday. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Let's mention that, too. You guys have a show uh, at Easy Street? It's free. It starts at 7. Nice. Or Seattle. Right on. All ages, correct? Mm-hmm. All yeah. ages. Mm-hmm. All ages. All right, right on. Well, uh, we're going to definitely talk about the record release show at The Crocodile in just a few, but uh, you, again, worked with Matt Bayless uh, on this album. Is this, uh, it seems like a pretty rad relationship you guys have uh, had now that he's worked, this is like the third album that he's worked on. Yeah, okay. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he gets what we're going for, and, you know, he works efficiently, quickly. It works out well. I feel really lucky that we have a guy like Matt in town. Yeah, you know, who knows rock as well as he does, and and is a very talented engineer, and he just gets such good sounds. So right. I just feel really lucky that he's like in the neighborhood, and we can we can go here without having to uproot ourselves and go out of town and record somewhere. Totally. Yeah. Right on. Uh, now this is a third the third record. Um, was there any kind of different method you went into this one, or uh, kind of keeping it the same? And uh, also. Did you feel any pressure knowing that you kind of highly anticipated album, <laughs> third album? You know, did you feel like any any kind of pressure there? Or? No, not really. Uh, this this band has always been really really chill. Um, nice. We just happen to be 
lucky that people like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, this um, being in this band has always just been about um, playing music just for the fun of playing music together. I'm and first. Yeah, yeah, and not not letting um, not letting too much of a work ethic sort of like pull the fun out of the band. Um, yeah, we really just like to let life happen and. You know, if one of us has a kid and we need to take a break for a year, that's totally fine. If we need yeah. to miss a practice for a couple weeks in a row, that's totally fine. It's no big deal. It's super chill. So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think we're, it's kind of a balance. We still like want do our best, you know. When we're, mm-hmm. But it's also it's a balance. You know, you, you can't do that. I actually think it's better to the exclusion of life. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. I think it's better when um, when you're doing it just for fun. Um, and you know when it, it's like it's no big deal that we can't make a couple practices in a row, but like it hurts a little bit on the inside. <laughs> I really want to get back in there and play because it's so fun because we're we're just doing it just for the pure joy of making music together. Yeah, it's yeah. an amazing um, release. Like yeah. I've had so many bad days turned around by a good band practice, getting to scream into a mic. Yeah, like that's you know, that's that's therapy. That's cool. Me. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I'm i not going to mention any bands or anything, but, you know, sometimes I'll talk to a band on Metal Shop, um, mostly Metal Shop, you know, a lot of, a lot more uh, organic bands locally. But, uh, you know, I'll talk to a band on Metal Shop, and sometimes they're not even really that great of friends, or they're, it seems like they're um, really kind of uh, on a schedule, like album cycles is kind of the, the idea. Like they got a tour, and then mm-hmm. put out an album and that, and it, it's cool to hear you guys kind of just be relaxed with it and... You know, kind of just do it at uh, when it works for you. Yeah, it, the the last band I had with Nat, we worked really hard. It Akimbo. Felt, it felt like work. Yeah, Akimbo felt like work. Yeah, uh, because we were we were, we tried to do a record every year. We tried to tour at least a couple times a year. Yeah, uh, and it was super fun. And I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. But I don't want to do that right it, now. <laughs> we got really tired. <laughs> was was that, that a conversation you guys had before starting this band? Like, hey, we want to keep making music together but let's chill it's the end of akimbo we weren't able to tour because of work and it was kind of just um we were becoming more homebodies i guess yeah um, so it was just a natural progression this band yeah is the natural yeah and, it, and i feel like sandwriters had a couple conversations like just band chill out conversations where we like like yeah right like no one's no one's taking this too seriously right like we're all just buddies having fun yeah in town um we've had some yeah. offers though that were Pretty enticing. Yeah, we had it was to a say, little bit of a bummer to not be able to go on those yes. tours. And we said no to some pretty awesome yeah. tours, which is <laughs> sad. <laughs> uh, well, Nat and John, you guys are from Akimbo, and Jesse, you you were in a band called the Ruby Doe. I was. Uh, did you guys years. all play together? We like, did. Mm-hmm. Nice. We play shows together all the time. Yeah, uh, that's how we met, really. And then uh, I started tattooing John, and just kind of one thing led to another. It was just yeah, you know. Right, yeah, me and, right place, right time. Me and Nat were starting Sandrider. We needed a bass player. Jesse yeah. was shoving needles in my skin. Yeah, wasn't it, was it like, Ben? Originally, yeah. it was Ben going to yeah. do it, and then Ben didn't have time because he was going to do Helms Elite. Yeah, yeah. Then... We the first person we asked was Ben Brill, and um, and he was he was just starting Helms Elite at that time, and um, that was obviously exciting for him. Yeah, um, so he couldn't do it. Uh, and then Jesse happened to be yeah shoving needles in my skin. It's <laughs> like, oh, hey. there you go. <laughs> Here, I'll I like some it. bass in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Hurt. Well, we have Sandwriter in studio. We're going to get into a couple songs here from the record. Again, it's Armada, their uh, their new record on Good to Die Records. It's available this coming Friday, and uh, you should definitely order yourself a copy. I have a, uh, a nice uh, record over there they brought me, and I'm stoked to throw that on my turntable uh, as soon as I get back home. Uh, these guys are heavy riffs, heavy grooves. 
and uh, really good stuff. You're going to hear a couple of these songs. Industry and Creep are the first ones I'm going to go into. Is there anything you guys want to say about these tracks before we, we jam them? Turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> right on. It's Sand Rider on Loud and Local.
Loud and Vocal. You're listening to Sandrider in studio. That was two songs off their brand new album, Armada. It is uh, coming out this Friday on Good to Die Records. Incredible album. I want to play kind of a listening party here, some select tracks from it. And uh, again, they're playing uh, Saturday, I believe, at uh, Easy Street Records. That's a Friday, I think. Friday? Friday at Easy Street on the 20th, yeah, and then Saturday the 28th at uh, the Croc. That's awesome. So, again, Saturday the 28th at the Crocodile is going to be with Pink Parts and Glose, and uh, really kind of an iconic venue for you guys to be playing the Crocodile for the record release. It's a very uh, Seattle kind of feel to that one. It's very cool. Yeah, it is. I love the Crocodile. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. So uh, you guys, you know, now that I mentioned it, uh, going to the Crocodile, going to, you know, shows around the Northwest, all you guys kind of grew up in the in the Northwest music scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you guys like let's go around the room, like remember your first local, you know, punk, hardcore, metal and or just rock show that you ever went to? Well, the first shows I went to were actually in eastern Washington. I went to high school in Wenatchee. OK. And- there really wasn't a ton of stuff going on. It was mostly like what we made happen. Nice. Which basically involved us tricking Grange Halls into letting us have shows. Yes. And telling we were like a Christian bands, all kinds of stuff. And yeah. usually about halfway through the show, you know, you'd get the call and it would be a bust. And you'd just hope that you could every band could play. Yep. So we do that, you know, and there's sort of a rotation. You do that a couple of years. You go mm-hmm. back to the ones that maybe they've forgotten about you. They yes. originally hit, you know, two years ago. Bring your own uh, PA. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or you know, you're playing, you're singing through the, your guitar amp. You okay, know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a high fidelity. Nice. But uh, yeah, it was mostly just like very organic kind of, you know, just bored kids just and sort of trying to emulate like stuff that was happening in Seattle at the time, but not really being able to go to shows because yeah. of just the you know logistics. And so, how were you hearing about the stuff then? Uh, there was a tape store in Wenatchee. This guy, uh, Bob Godfrey, I don't, I don't know, bless his heart. He, I don't know what his deal was. He would just sit in the back. He was super stoic, quiet dude. He would chain smoke. And for, he had this great punk tape section. And I would just buy stuff. Like, it was on SST. Yeah. Know, I was super into, like, No Means No and The Minutemen. Yeah. Um, just, I'd seen, like, Dinosaur Jr. and those bands and, like, skate videos and just sort of, that's kind of what was my introduction into SST. And so, yeah. like, I would just start trying SST stuff or, like, stuff that was on AMRAP or, you know, just, he had all this some really pretty cool, deep cuts for really, someone so yeah, young. Yeah, really cool stuff there. And he never played any of that stuff in the store. I don't know why he even knew about any of it, but he, he offered it to this small town. It was kind of like this, like, oasis. You know? Yeah. So, at any rate, that's how, that was sort of my introduction. To he said his stuff. name was Bob? Bob. Shout out to Bob. Yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> I doubt he's around. I mean, he was he was pretty long in the tooth when I was in high school. Sure. So. Well, it, it's those tapes, man. I still have open jobs in the new world. Oh, that's cool. I grew up on the east side, so I, I grew up in Bellevue, um, and there used to be uh, an all ages club out there called Ground Zero. Oh, that was great. Um, there was that uh, painting of John Pettibone on yeah. the wall <laughs> yes. with the yeah. undertow yeah. straight edge yeah. jacket. Yeah, like like feeding a Does guy some, some food or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so that that was like, it was kind of in my stomping ground, and, it, and I kind of heard about it, and I was, you know, like 12 or 13 or something, like just getting into underground music. Uh, and I heard about this place that, that would do shows for kids, and I like, Convinced my parents to let me go one night, and I went there. I didn't know what the show was. I just walked in, and it was some, like, uh, acoustic open mic coffee night, and it was just the dumbest thing in the world. And I was so bummed. I was like this little kid. 
I wanted to see a punk show so bad. You just wanted to get in there. And, and I heard mosh, about huh? this place, and I was like, "Oh my god, this place! Like I could walk to this place. Yeah. Like, I could, oh, I'm so excited." And I went there, and it was just so stupid. You went on the wrong night. Yeah, I did. I went on. It was like a Wednesday <laughs> night or something like that. Um, the most unpunk rock. Yeah, but I had a friend um, who was a little bit older than me, a little bit more tapped into local punk bands and stuff. Yeah, um, and he he told me he gave me the hot tip. There's this band. It's called I Forget. <laughs> Uh, they're a punk band. You'll like them. Um, and I think like, actually Marco Collins, who works yeah. on the radio, yeah. used to be in that band when he, or maybe it's not Marco Collins. One of the one of the radio DJs that's working right now, Dick um, Rossetti. Maybe it I don't Marco. <laughs> was it Marco? No. It's uh, shout out to Marco Adam Collins. Though. Adam Green is Adam. Green. Ah, the Adam Reverend Green's Adam Green. Yep. yep, it was his old band. Um, so yeah, I heard a tip about them, and I kept an eye out, and I I finally saw. I think I saw a flyer for their show at Ground Zero at like Cellophane Square. In Bellevue Square. Oh, yeah. Square. Yeah. Yeah. When I was still in the mall. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was my first punk show. And I would, and I, I made it to that one. It was $5 to get in, all ages. And they, they effing delivered. Nice. It was good. Dude. It was a good first punk show. It was awesome. I was, I couldn't be happier. There you go. How about you, Nat? The first <laughs> punk show, uh, I also uh, grew up on the east side. My first show was the Fastbacks opening up for uh, Gas Hopper at the old firehouse. Team That's Center. a great show. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, yeah, John and I ended up working at Ground Zero in different capacities yep. after that, um, and then I worked at the old firehouse as well. It was, mm-hmm. it was a good time back then because Ground Zero did shows on Friday nights, and the old firehouse did shows on Saturdays. So we nice. Could, we didn't know who was playing. We would just pay our five bucks and go see whatever. You know, uh, this one might be a little bit more you know embarrassing, but I want you guys to be honest. Uh, not not counting, you know, albums that were hand-me-downs or things that you got turned on to from friends giving them to you. What is the first album, be it a CD, tape, vinyl, what is the first album that you actually purchased with your own money? I don't want to answer this. <laughs> but you gotta. Uh, I'll, I'll answer this one. <laughs> All anyway. right. Uh, the first, it was a record. Um, I remember going into a record store. I had saved up my allowance. Yeah. And my dad said, you go pick out a record. And... I walked over and picked up a Thelonious Monk record. Wow. Okay. I had no idea who Thelonious <laughs> Monk was. I know it's not, I just <laughs> wow. thought it was really cool. I love the cover. It was like he was in an like underground bunker. It was like World War II. And it was like him playing piano with all, like three really hot women that were just hanging out with him. Like, and there was all these wine bottles. That's a good and vibe. And it looked, I, for some reason, it like really was like working for me. <laughs> and I thought, I want this, Dad. And so, you know, I made That's your aesthetic. That's that's got to be what you go for you know, these days. And since then, you know, I've just <laughs> taken that and run with it. It's cool, you know, so. And what did you think? What did you think when you brought it home? Oh, I'm sure it like I probably put it on and was totally lost interest, you know. But <laughs> yeah. I but I looked at that cover a lot. Yeah, you win. You won the question. <laughs> I did. We lost the first cassette I bought with my own money was uh, an album called Ice Cold by an artist called Vanilla Ice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. No. I'm super ashamed of it. I was, you, I was stoked when I got it. Can you it. bust any of his uh, rhymes out? No, not really. I mean, there's like, you know, all right, stop, collaborate, and listen. Ice is back <laughs> with a brand new edition. Something yeah. grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a monsoon. Daily and nightly? 
Will it ever stop? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nice. Right on. And uh, Nat, how about you, man? I'm trying to remember. The first one I bought, I believe it was a single by EMF. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Single? Ca- a cassette like single? A cassette single, yeah. Yes. And I forget was on, what was on the, second, the side B. But, um... All right. We're going to play a couple more songs off the new Sandwriter album. It's called Armada. It's coming out July 20th. Catch them at Easy Street Records on July 20th, the day of their release. And then the 28th at uh, The Crocodile. So uh, let's play a couple more. This is Banger and Lineage. Anything you guys want to say about these two? They're really, really good. Really good. Incredible.
Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW.
That was Banger and Lineage, two songs off the new Sandrider album, Armada. It is their third LP on Good to Die Records coming out this coming Friday. Pick it up at uh, any local record stores. You can uh, pick it up at Easy Street Records, I would suggest, and you can see them live uh, in the flesh performing at uh, West Seattle Easy Street Records. Uh, And uh, the following Saturday at Crocodile with Pink Parts and Gloss, they're going to have copies of the record. yeah, so I got to ask this question now. It's something that, uh, you know, I, I it was kind of like out of left field for me because I was watching it and I remember it happening and uh, it was like, is this really happening? I was watching the uh, the Seattle Seahawks and this was a couple years ago, I think, and uh, they played a Sandrider song on Monday Night Football. What was your reaction when you heard your band on Monday Night Football? And did you actually hear it? I did yes. not hear it. I don't, I'm not a sports fan. Yeah. Uh, so, I, but my fl- my phone started blowing up. Yeah, so I knew it was something was happening. It was, it was like, oh, I just saw you on <laughs> Monday Night Football. Bing, bing, Wait, bing, they bing, they bing. saw you? Did, was or, there a picture of you guys? Yeah, well, yeah there was video. Yeah, it was yeah, like footage of a yeah, yeah, It was so, actually the Godhead record release show. That yeah, they, they came and filmed the yeah. release show, so it was kind yeah. of a live thing. We knew it. I forgot about that part. Yeah. So yeah, they. That's why it was sort of perfect timing because they this thing was happening right when they were there scouting it and it we just, just got everything lucky. just yeah. yeah we totally got lucky it was a perfect storm it was just like two or three days before the show mm-hmm. when we got the email right i yeah. believe it was pretty yeah. quick yep and they filmed us for 15 seconds maybe and yeah it was super that fast. was it i think they fil- yeah i think they filmed a couple songs those dude the camera crew was like not affiliated with ESPN. I think they were just some local guys that yeah. got hired, and they were they were like they were out of place. They were pretty, they were pretty clueless. In a <laughs> they didn't. They're just like ah, oh, we're just here to fill the fill on the assignment. Band. Are we going to get yeah. hurt if we stand up front? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I remember them. I remember hanging out with them and like talking to them a little bit, and I remember seeing them uh, filming us while we were playing, and then uh, and then yeah, the game happened. I watched the game. Yeah, uh, and and it was like. I kept waiting, and like halftime, it wasn't even during halftime. It was yeah. like it was like towards the end of the third quarter, I think, when it aired. Um, but I kind of just assumed that it had gotten cut. Yeah, it, like, yeah, it, yeah. Like I figured, like oh, halftime is probably the time where they would like do something like this, right? Um, Naturally, they're going to put it on halftime. Naturally, ah, I just know. I was thinking more <laughs> halftime filler. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just I just assumed it wasn't going to happen, and then all of a sudden it was like it was like 15 seconds, and then like there we were on TV, and uh, yeah, like every, every, all of our phones blew up, and it was just and I would like I got text messages from like people I hadn't school, talked to yeah. for like yeah. 10 years, and like oh, I just so well you had legitimately made it in their <laughs> yeah. minds then. Yeah, I know all of these things, yeah. you know, touring, you know, huge shows overseas, you know, anything like that it doesn't matter why? when you're on Monday Night Football with the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, why tour when you there you go? Yeah, football. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know. Uh, I mean, where can you go from there? I mean, you're on Monday Night Football with the Seahawks. This just is what I was going to say, just though. Is here. Is they, this is it. <laughs> hey. You know, because they've just started sending us money. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Yeah, that royalty check is pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that 15 second royalty check. Uh, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I am going to say shout out to them for for actually choosing a rock band because they could have you know easily done something like Macklemore or Sir Mix a Lot, and you know they could have e- so easily gone in that way. But they chose a, a sonically heavy band mm-hmm. to to represent Seattle, which they is had it broken down. Like they had a chart on the left of the screen. It was like, and it just said grunge band. It was like. 
guitar, bass, drums, and they had the the decibel level that each instrument was at. But I, I felt got, like, so objectified. <laughs> <laughs> Grunge man. They didn't say our name, which is cool. Did you feel like, man, I gotta start wearing more flannel? Yeah, like yeah. I felt so out of place. I'm like, <laughs> it's like I'm a cover. I'm covering myself. That's. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. So again, the album is coming out this Friday on uh, Good to Die Records. It's called Armada, and um, what was the title? What was the title about Armada? Well, I mean, yeah, let's get into it. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I actually like. I really like. Um, I like some of my favorite records are records that the title isn't important, and it's okay. all about the artwork. Um, I was really inspired by by a couple records. Um, the like there's a couple of Nazareth records that have just incredible sci-fi art, and uh, and like Molly Hatchet used to use a bunch of Frazetta art. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, these are like records that I just sort of like picked up um over the years because the art was so good. And when Sandrider started, there's like a thing I wanted to do. I wanted Sandrider records to like not have a title, not even have the band's name on the cover. I just wanted it to be like amazing beautiful like painted art and we happen to be in a band with jesse yeah. who's an incredible artist and nat you're an artist and, as yeah, well too but jesse's the painter okay yeah. fair enough fair enough um but like if jesse wasn't a painter like i would have thrown down real personal money to yeah. hire artists to do like like pretty like like amazing bombastic sci-fi art artwork for the album covers and um because we do, we do need to somewhat market it a little bit. Um, you got to put the name on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, we, we, we do title the albums, and titling the albums is mostly so that someone who wants to buy a record can understand which record they're buying. Yeah. Because you know, assuming we release like you know three, four, or five records, and then at someone at some point someone's like, oh yeah, get the second record. And like, which one's the second record? They're all called Sandrider. I don't they're know. Like, orange. Yeah. <laughs> they're all burnt orange. So do the yeah. Weezer thing, you know, yeah. just different colors. Yeah, so so we did have to title <laughs> title the records, but um yeah, like the 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 original inspiration there was like I just I just love these like these classic rock records that have yeah. these beautiful science fiction paintings as their album art and like when I when I think of the record, I don't think of the band and I don't think of the songs. I just think of this amazing picture. Nice. Um, and that's sort of the inspiration behind. We didn't behind do that. it with the first one, but Godhead in this one, we kind of circumvented the whole having that name on the cover yeah. by having it just be a sticker on top of the cellophane. Yeah. So, yeah. so once yeah, once really you well. open the record, it's just art. It doesn't tarnish yeah. the the art. Yeah, but they are they are titled, um, and we just sort of pick a track off the record that has sounds like a good title track. Just for name alone, there's no there's no special reason. Like the song Armada, we don't think it's better than any, better or worse than any of the other songs on the record. Just, it's just it like just it just sounds, sounds really good, cool. right? Just something cool. Armada. I think like if buy the, it if the music's <laughs> good too. Like a lot of times that actually imparts so much meaning to things because like I, I, I'll say it, the Mel- Melvins is a terrible band name. But <laughs> they but they made it cool because. They're good, yeah. You know, so it's like you can do. That's, it's almost like that's the function of art is to take things that normally wouldn't work and rearrange them in a way so that they do all of a sudden. Yeah, it's like a challenge to make art despite the these rules, these constraints. So at any rate, yeah. I also I also love the idea of um, like years from now when we're when we're done playing, yeah. like like if our records are just in like a you know, used record bins somewhere in some crappy store, right? Like, like thinking some, about thinking about myself as like in in my 
early to mid twenties, like getting into classic, like getting out of punk and then into classic rock, and mm-hmm. like, like oh my god, there's all these records I don't know about, and I can just go to a record store and just find them. Yep. And then like seeing a record and just being being struck by the artwork, and not even knowing what. It's yeah, fun. I don't yeah. know what it is, but this like this album cover speaks to me, and I'm gonna buy it, and I'm gonna listen to it, and I yeah. hope I like it, and like that's how I got into Molly Hatchet because nice. they had Frazetta art. Um, he yeah. sold so many terrible books with his art. Like, <laughs> yeah. have you ever read any of the Death Dealer books? I mean, no, they're terrible no, books, but the, all the covers are so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sandwriter, you know, you guys are uh, you guys are doing it again, man. The the record is coming out on Friday. Uh, you're going to be playing a couple badass shows again. One in Easy Street. Uh, it's an all ages show on the 20th, the day of the release. And I'm assuming you're going to have the record there for people to purchase. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's awesome. That's that's the day it comes out. So that'll be the first day it's available. That's awesome. And uh, then again, the 28th for the uh, 21 and over crowd at the Crocodile. Um, if you uh, want to go see them with Pink Parts and Gloss, uh, definitely suggest you do that. Or you could go to both. Um, you guys have anyone you want to thank or anything you guys want to say before we kind of wrap I mean, this up and play I'm some more? Nick yeah. for sure. Yes. Good to die. I mean, I think I, w- I was going to say earlier that a lot of the reason that we're able to function, I think, so stress-free as a band is that we have somebody that kind of has believes in what we're doing enough to allow us the room to do that. And not every label would necessarily be cool with that. And yeah. it's really, Almost it's really cool. Those. Most wouldn't, I should yeah. say. So that's just like been amazing, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. That, I mean, like I can't give him enough props because it's like he really is sort of the foundation for being able to do this. So that's it's super awesome. Yeah. There's a um, there's I I don't really know all their names. I know some of their names, but there's there's a handful of people where every time we play a show, I I recognize their faces. That's and awesome. They're, they're like always there. So the Sandrider crew. Yeah, those people know yeah. who they are. Um, well, and Matt. I don't know you. Yeah, I don't. Lewis has been like at every show. Yeah, I've played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ruby, like, any band I've played in, he's been in like at every single show for the last decade. Yeah, it's so, yeah. just amazing. So we know. Like, yeah, we know his name. But yeah. <laughs> like Adam Bass has been at every yeah. show. Oh right? yeah, like, super he's, fan. He's a great yeah. dude. Um, and and yeah, there's there's a bunch of other people that you know. I don't know your name. I've never met you, but I I see you. At, at all the shows, and that that just means a lot. To we us. see really you. We see yeah. you. Well, it's like a, it's beca- it's sort of a, over the years become an it's like an organism. It's like just sort of you know this weird thing that kind of comes together, and you may not necessarily talk to these people, but or all of them, but it's you know it happens again and again. It's weird. They're there to experience it every time. Yeah, I'm that's always awesome. I'm always stoked when anybody shows up. So yep. you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It would just be a kind of a practice if nobody you know, else did. You know? I've played honestly, shows like that. Yeah, you know, and, <laughs> and I'm okay with that too. So that's you know that's just gravy. Yeah, you know, if there's somebody there to witness it, but. the bartender. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Nat? Anyone you want to thank or anything uh, you want to say? Nick and and yeah, the same. Yeah, those folks. Right on. I should probably thank my wife. Yeah, for, uh, and the kids. You hanging in there and like like taking care of the kids while dad goes out and has fun. On you know band practice nights and show nights. So I is, this, is this a dad rock band now? Definitely, so, yeah, mostly <laughs> two thirds. Yeah, dad rock. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. All right, again, Sandrider playing uh, this Friday at Easy Street Records and Saturday the twenty eighth at the Crocodile. Go see them and uh, hear these new songs off their record. Uh, it's coming out this Friday on Good to Die Armada. Uh, we're gonna play a couple more. The uh, title track Armada and then. 
Triple A Ape, A A A Ape. So uh, a couple songs here by Sandrider. Thanks again, guys, for coming in. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's let it riff. Uh, it's uh, Sandrider on Loud and Local.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.